Today's lesson is going to begin a couple of lessons that really go together. Why Christians should make a difference. Next week, Lord willing, we'll get into how we should make a difference. And I've got a couple of other lessons that, that kind of go along with the theme as well. But why should we as Christians make a difference? Why is it so important that we make a difference in our world? You know, we have different types of people in our world. We have those that want to be famous, they want to be seen, they want to be known. They, they have a great pride in, in people knowing that they've done something or knowing who they are. And then you have those people that are content to hide from the world and live a, a quiet and peaceable life. And as Christians, I think we, we have to be a little bit of both. You know, we have introverts and extroverts, and I think we have to have a little bit of both within us because the goal of the Christian is to live a quiet and peaceable life. But we also want to make a difference in the lives of those that we meet. No, we may not be of great power or great authority or, or may not be the most famous person in the world, but for those that we come in contact with on a regular basis... For those that, that live around us, for those that we meet, we need to make an impact. We need to make a difference. We need to stand out in their lives. Our lesson objective is very simple for today. To learn why it is important for Christians to make a difference in the world we live in. I want to start by understanding that God expects us to make a difference. God expects us as Christians to make a difference in our world. Jesus taught God's people to make a difference. We understand Jesus' mission on this earth was to come and to, to bring back the lost sheep of Israel primarily. But He taught us as God's people make a difference in the world. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and beginning with verse 13. We go back here to the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5 and verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. 
and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus uses the illustrations of salt and light to tell us to make a difference in the world. Let's notice, first of all, the qualities of salt. When we look at the meaning of salt, as Jesus used this as an illustration, we see that there are at least three different things that we can look at regarding salt that are important to us. Flavor. We most often use salt as a flavor. Whenever you have something that is bland, maybe corn or something like that, and and what do you do? You put salt on it to give it just a little bit more flavor. There are other things too, but that's the only thing that's coming to my mind at the moment. But we use salt for flavor. Salt is also used as a preservative to help preserve certain things. And then whenever we find no further use of salt for whatever reason, we just throw it on the ground. Not just to throw it out necessarily, but to give it another use. We use salt to keep us from slipping on things such as ice during inclement weather. We use it on the roads to keep our vehicles on the road so that they don't veer off whenever the road is slick. The salt is is used in many different ways. Now let's also look at the qualities of light. Look at what Jesus mentions here about light in particular First of all, light is not easily hidden. Even if you're shining a a light and you you hide it under a bushel, even so, the light is going to peep out a little bit if there are any spaces at all for it to come out. It's hard to hide light. Hide it under a bushel. No! I'm going to let it shine. Love that song. And whenever we have a light... It has a purpose, right? If I have a flashlight and I turn it on, I turn it on for a purpose, for a reason, so that I can shine it on something so that I can see. And then when I get done with that light, unless I've lost it somewhere or or misplaced it, I turn that light off because I don't need it anymore. Whenever we shine a light on something, it's for a purpose, for a particular reason. Joe likes the light up here so he can see what he's reading. But we light it for a purpose, and I turn it off whenever I don't need it because I have my iPad. But you get my point. Light has a purpose. It's lit for a purpose. Now, Christians are to be salt and light to the world, making a difference in the lives of those around us. No matter who it is that we come in contact with, we need to make a difference in their lives. For the faithful Christian, for those that we are around today, we provide encouragement to one another. That's the preservative quality of salt. For those that are spiritually weak, we help them remain faithful. That's the same as as using salt underfoot by men. 
We try to keep them from slipping, try to keep them from erring in the wrong direction. We try to keep them on the right path. And so there's another use of salt that is, is used there. We are to encourage and lift up the spiritually weak. And for those that are spiritually wayward or lost, we show them the way to Christ. We are the light for those who are in darkness. I've never looked at those things in that way before. But those are some interesting things that, that we find in the qualities of salt and the qualities of light and different ways that we provide encouragement for those who need it. We are to make a difference in this world. It doesn't matter to who, but we are to make a difference to all that we come in contact with. We were created to make a difference. Ephesians chapter 2, so does verses 8 through 10. Ephesians chapter 2 and beginning with verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. A lot of people use this passage to teach that grace is what saves us, and it does. They try to teach grace alone, and that's not what it means. We have been offered salvation by the grace of God. It's not earned by works of merit, but through works of obedience. Those things are important. And we are created for Good works. We are his workmanship, as we read in verse 10. Created for good works. As Christians, God has prepared before us the way in which we should walk. And particularly in this passage, in, in light of good works. But there are other ways that we walk as Christians. Christians are to walk by faith. One of my favorite verses, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are to walk in love, even toward our enemies. John chapter 15 and verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. 1 John 3 verses 10 and 11. In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. In regard to, love to loving our enemies, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48, You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil 
and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. We're to love our enemies. Love those who use us and, and do wrong to us. We are to love others. And we are to walk in the ways of the Lord. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. We're to walk in the ways of the Lord. Christians are called to live often in opposition to the ways of the world. When we look at the world around us, we we see a world that is ungodly in many ways, in many respects. We see a world that is very much unlike what we would desire it to be. There's a lot of hate, a lot of trouble, a lot of conflict. And we as Christians stand in opposition to those things. You see, the example we set today will have a positive influence on anyone around us. If we truly live as a Christian ought to, we will be a positive influence. Now, on the other hand, if if we try to live like the world, if if we try to be like some of our friends are and live in the way that they do, we can't be that shining light. We can't be that positive influence. We're, We're just like everyone else. God expects us to be different. God desires that we be a positive influence in the lives of our family, our friends, co-workers, classmates, whoever it is. We need to be a positive influence in this world. The world needs us to make a difference. The world needs us to make a difference. What would the world be like? Have you ever pondered this question? What would the world be like if I or you were the only one living in it? Be very much different. Probably be a very lonely place. What kind of world would it be if we didn't have each other? The truth is that everyone needs someone, and we all need each other especially as as God's family as a congregation we need each other we need each other's influence we need each other's encouragement 
Many need the help of others to survive. Think of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, verses 33 through 35. I won't read the whole parable. But Luke 10 and verse 33, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. Have you ever thought about the man who had been beaten and robbed? The one who was left to die on the side of the road? He needed the help of the Samaritan to survive his injuries. Had the Samaritan not come by and and helped him in the way that he, he had, that man would have died. But because the Samaritan stopped, because he had compassion on him, that man survived. That was the difference between life and death for him. Jesus taught us the eternal necessity of Christians helping others. Matthew chapter 25, verses 34 through 40. Matthew 25 and verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in? Or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. It's important that we make a difference. It's important that we help others. Those who are in physical need, or any kind of need, we should have compassion on them. We should make a difference in their lives. Our eternity depends on our compassion toward others. Without difference makers, what would happen to our world? What would happen to the world that we live in? Would it spin into complete chaos with evil triumphing over good? Most likely so. Christians provide the balance that our conflicted world needs. What would our world be like without Christianity? without love and compassion, without all the things that that Jesus taught us in His life, that that we're taught through, through the Scriptures, where would this world be without Christians? See, in that respect, we as Christians play a very big part 
in our world, and we don't even realize it. Christians are especially important in bringing the lost to Christ. Jesus taught us to be difference makers in soul winning. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus taught us to make a difference in winning souls to Christ. You go into the world. You teach them the gospel. You baptize them. You teach them what they need to do to be faithful Christians. We need to make a difference in winning souls to Christ. And finally, finding fulfillment in making a difference. You know, there's, whenever we're taught to make a difference, We aren't taught that there's nothing that we get in return. There is something that we gain when we make a difference in this world. Making a difference helps us to find fulfillment in our lives. Going back to what we were reading earlier on loving our enemies in Matthew chapter 5. In verse 48 it says, Therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. We are not only complete in God's eyes. We are not only perfected in all the things that we need to do as far as loving our enemies. We are seen as righteous in God's sight. But when we do what we should, we also find purpose in living. Not only are we perfected in God's eyes, but we're also perfected in our own eyes. We should take pride and joy in knowing that we've made a difference in somebody's life. There are little ways in, in which certain people have expressed that that maybe I've done or said something that has been very meaningful to them. And it gives me great joy in knowing that, that even in just a small way, in the life of someone, someone else, I have done something that really stood out to them, that, that they wouldn't have, have known or experienced otherwise. I take great joy in that. I get fulfillment in knowing that I have made a difference. And I know that you do too. Think of the fulfillment that, that others that we read about in Scripture might have had in, in knowing that they have had an impact on someone else. If they could know that they were recorded in Scriptures, would that be something that they would, would find fulfillment in? Absolutely. And we find fulfillment in helping others, in making a difference. Finding fulfillment in this life helps us be fulfilled in the life to come. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace who brought up 
our Lord Jesus from the dead. The great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. When we please God, when we do the things that He has taught us to do, we find fulfillment in eternity. Through Christ, we are offered salvation through His death, burial, and victory in His resurrection. So all of those things we find what will be fulfilling to us in eternity. When we reach that heavenly abode with God, we will know that we have made a difference in this world. As Christians, maybe it's not something that, that we look for necessarily, but it is something that we gain. Fulfillment. And knowing that we've made a difference. Those are just the whys. Next week, Lord willing, we'll get into the hows. How do we make a difference? But I think you see my point. It is important for us as Christians to make a difference in our world. And so as we begin this new year, I want you to think of ways that you can make a difference in the lives of those around you. Be an encouragement. Have compassion on those who need it. Show love. Show all the things that we are taught in scriptures that we need to do. Lead the lost to Christ. Make a difference in your world. On behalf of myself and the Mars Hill Church of Christ, we thank you for joining us. We hope you will be back with us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. right here on the Gospel Radio Network at tgrn.org. If you would like to contact us, our phone number is 615-203-3637. If you would like to find out more about our congregation, our website is www.marshillcoc.org.
www.marshillhillcoc.org. Our email address is marshillcoc at gmail.com. And if you would like to contact us the old-fashioned way, our address is 1135 Rucker Road, Christiana, Tennessee, 37037. If you are in our area, we would love to meet you in person. Our service times are 9 a.m. for Bible study and 10 a.m. for worship on Sunday mornings. Thank you again for joining us, and until we meet again, may God bless you.